0: Welcome to Be Advised Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart in this podcast, we will focus on successful marketing methods for advisors that generate prospects and clients. We will learn from the best in the industry on how advisors in the trenches today are growing their practices. Join us for this journey where Brad draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help advisors reach their full potential.
1: This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast
2: Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully-integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. This episode contains some surprises, but one thing you always get with Brad Swinehart is a great interview. The first surprise is Brad's guest comes from a broken home. He battled addictions and saw jail at the age of 18. But Eric Allen turned it around, and now, among other things, works with MMA fighters and entrepreneurs to get their names out there. Hey, Eric also has two podcasts of his own. I can't wait to hear where this discussion goes, Brad. Go for it.
1: (laughs) Eric, thank you so much for being on the show, man.
3: Oh, it's such an honor to be here, Brad. Thank you so much for the invite, man. Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, I love it. And I, I was telling Eric just before we started recording here, I hope that this is my most inspirational podcast of the year and, I heard Eric's message on Matt's show, actually Matt Halloran. And I immediately was just drawn right in. I was like, Oh my goodness, I got to talk. I have to talk to this guy. So I stole your, uh, your tip on that episode and I shot you a video and here we are today, man. Come on. It's awesome, man. Matt's a great dude. So let's, let's tell our listeners. So normally what I bring out, we're advisors are listening to this learning how to grow their practice marketing tips tricks that sort of thing and and today's a little bit different right today's today I I hope we grab some inspiration out of this but also I want to hear some of the the great stories from you know when you're interviewing your MMA fighters and stuff like that like (laughs) I want to hear some feedback on that but why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself sir
3: Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in eastern Washington. I really thought was a typical household. You know, went to Sunday school, you know, played little league. My best friend Dave and I have met him since first grade or met him in first grade. We're still best friends today. So thirty-six years, my dad would take Dave and I throw us in dumpsters behind big stores and go find treasure. Like that was just a fun Saturday morning for us, you know, and <laughs> you know, it's just, I you know people like it's a one man's treasure, another man, you know, one man's trash another man's treasure. But like for us, like we, we had so much fun doing that, you know, and my dad still, I think probably does some of that today was just funny. But um, my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old. I'd never heard that word before. I didn't know anyone who had gotten a divorce before. So it was very strange and new to me. And my mom got together with a guy who was, very physically abusive almost immediately. And I didn't understand why she decided to stay because I never saw my dad that way. And I remember there was times where they would be fighting and arguing. I'd be outside looking through their bedroom window and I'd see her, you know, him hit her with a cordless phone, you know, like I'd always call the police and never press charges. It was just kind of insane. And then in the middle of my eighth grade year, they decided to move us to Montana and my mom and him had had, uh, decided to do the smart thing. And they got pregnant, of course. And so they move up to Stevensville, Montana. It was population twelve hundred people. We had five acres, and they rented this property. And, and it was two ponds. It was right by the Bitterroot River. And this house that sat at the top had three bedrooms. So it was a room for them, a room for my brother, who was just a couple months old at the time, and then one for my sister. And they said, Eric, you to live in the garage. So I literally had this bed in the garage with a plastic tarp at the end of my, my room, quote unquote, uh, with a truck that would pull in on the other side of that plastic tarp. And, and I did have a fireplace on my half of the garage that kept me semi-warm during those winters. But, you know, that was, that
1: was kind that of... Sounds, I think, that sounds worse than Harry Potter. Dude, it was crazy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it was, it was wow. pretty wild, dude. You know, I, I think...
1: For me, it was kind
3: of at the time I was like, Well, this is kind of an escape from the craziness because it wasn't like the abuse stopped when we moved to Montana, it continued. In fact, it got worse. And but yeah, it sucked, man. There were some nights out there where I was pretty cold, man. I'd have like 10 layers of blankets on, you know, in Montana, negative degrees at night in the winters. And you know, the fireplace would keep me warm up until maybe midnight when it would go out. And then after that, it was like it was pretty cold, you know, and waking up into that that negative degrees every morning kind of sucked for sure, man. Yeah. But, you know, 13 years old in there, you know, brush my teeth one night. They came home arguing wasn't anything different than any other night, Uh, except for as I was brushing my teeth. I really felt personally that that God was like, dude, you got to take a look and see what's going on. And so the way the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry to the garage where I stayed. And in that pantry way, as I looked around the corner, I saw him on top of my mom just punching her in the face. One after the other. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and I was like, dude, I got to get this guy off and. I snuck up behind him. I grabbed a cast iron pan and I swung as hard as I could. And I split the back of his head open and he turned around and he said, what then as he said that I took another swing to his forehead and, and split his forehead open. And at that point i swung so hard. I fell over, landed on the ground and he was standing up over me, still not knocked out from being so drunk. He starts to yell. My mom jumps up, lands like six punches in a row, blood spots in the wall. I mean, just crazy cops wow. finally show up, take him to jail. My mom doesn't press charges. And then I was kicked out of the house with three months left in my freshman year of high school. So I uh, ended up just living with a, a buddy for the last three months. So I lived on his hardwood floor at his at his house. Uh, it was him and his dad, and, and it was within walking distance of the high school. And so that's where my mom worked it out so that I could go stay with him for the last three months. And,
1: and that was pretty much 13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
3: the middle, oh. middle of my, uh, like I said, three, three months left of my freshman year of high school, 13 years old. And, uh, yeah, man, that kind of set me on the path of destruction for the next 10 years of my life. It was pretty, pretty wild.
1: Let's so before we talk about that path of destruction and, and kind of getting into that when you're 13 years old, waking up in below negative, like how do you even get out of bed every morning. How do you, how do you, how do you get just like, you know what, It's another day. I'm going to get up. Like, what is your mindset at that point? If you can, you know, think back that far of, of, okay, it's, it's, you know, six o'clock in the morning, it's 20 degrees. I'm freezing. Let me crawl out of these covers and go to school and go do X, Y, Z or whatever. Like, how does that even set your mind to, to take on the day?
3: Man, it was, it was tough. For sure. I, I remember there would be days where if I open my eyes, right? I'm like laying in there going, crap. I know that if I get out of this bed, that 15 foot walk to the garage door that gets me into the house where it's nice and warm, that's a really crappy walk. It's going to suck, man, because it's going to be really cold. I think there was just moments where I knew that I had to get up. I, I, I've I never been a quitter it, it, mentally. And uh, so I just said, you know what? I've got to get up. I've got to get through this. And, and knowing that this situation i was in was temporary i knew that at some point i would get out of it and I not knowing that i would have to you know fight my mom's boyfriend at the time but i think my mindset in that thing was like hey you know what we've got to go to school we've got to take care of stuff we've got to get this done get out of bed because i knew that i could lay there and, and just like be warm and comfortable and stuff like that but i think even in life we have to get uncomfortable to be successful and, and get things accomplished
1: i love that it sounds and it sounds too like you're just you remove the option, right? It's not, it's not necessarily that you're, you can do this or that it's like, Hey, this is what I have to do to get through this. And then your mind was just set. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and flash forward today, uh, very successful and you're, you're crushing it and, and doing a lot of great things, but what happened in between, 13, sleeping on a, a new floor. And um,
3: <laughs> after I after I got kicked out and finished my freshman year of high school, I went and lived with my dad back in Washington state for my sophomore through senior year of high school. And he rented a house for me and for him, right? And he'd put 20 bucks in, in the cup for lunch money. He put, you know, hunger man meals in the freezer. And then I would see my dad kind of in passing just a few times a month because most of the time he would go stay with his girlfriend. So it was kind of an interesting, another living situation where I was kind of on my own and, you know, I took the bus to the school, but I was, I got into drugs pretty early. So I was getting stoned before school at lunch. After school, I was taking acid, acid, mushrooms, opium, whatever I could get my hands on, you know, and it finally caught up to me. when I was 18 years old, I got arrested for having a bong. It's now legal in the state of Washington to have a bong. But at the time in 1998, it was not. And I had to go to jail, man. I had a black, white chain gang outfit on bright orange slippers. And luckily it was just for one night, but it still kind of, you know, scared me enough to like, say, okay, I don't want to get caught again it didn't give me the mentality of like, I should stop doing this, but I just said, don't get caught again.
1: Right. Right. And <laughs> right. So, That's not what I'm doing is wrong, but man, the consequences of getting busted. That's, that sucks. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Dude.
3: So I was like, I was on a probation for a full year where they could have drug tested me at any point. And so what I did was I just quit smoking pot and, and doing drugs for a year. And I just started drinking like crazy. I, I was a heavy drinker and you know, I think back in the day was like Ice House, you know, the, the awesome, like cheapest beer we could find in town or Keystone Light, right?
1: Oh wow, Yeah. There we go. We were we at Dirty Thirties, was Natty Light when I was in college, that's what we did. Nice. <laughs> you know, you yeah. 30 pack for like $6 or something ridiculous. So. Totally.
3: So, you know, I, I woke up, uh, you know, two weeks after I graduated high school, I woke up to a post it note. My dad had moved into a house with this girlfriend. And so we were living with them at that time and woke up to a bathroom, you know, to a post it note on my bathroom mirror a couple weeks after graduated they said you can't comply with house rules you have 48 hours to get out and so at that point i was like well crap i gotta get into this adulthood thing you know real quick and so i ended up moving with some friends and bouncing around from jobs and things like that so between ages of 18 and 21 i moved 21 times i was living on couches or friends of friends you know a week here two weeks there four days here you know wherever
1: i could stay wow and uh it's it, a, what a trash bag full of clothes and totally. you know a, a couple of beers in there or what. Yeah, I was living out of my basically living out of my Honda Accord. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, like
3: the back was filled with all the clothes that I had and and uh, it was it was kind of an interesting time for sure. And I had an opportunity to move to Seattle. And I'd always wanted to move up there. I wanted to get into the music business. I don't know how to play anything, but I was intrigued on the marketing inside and the the producer side of stuff and so had a hundred bucks in my pocket. My buddy called me up and said, Hey, we've got a a place up here that we can move into in a couple, you know, a month or so. Can you head up? And so I was like, yeah, sure. So I just, I literally walked out of my job, got in my car and left. And then I called my family. Once I got to Seattle and said, Hey, I moved to Seattle. I'll see you guys. Maybe when I see you, you know, like it was one of those things where I just did, you know, and I, again, bounced around from houses, but I was living off of credit cards during that time. No one told me that credit cards were bad. So I got my, My first credit card was at Sears, and I bought a camcorder so I could record my buddy skateboarding. Right, you know, it was like twelve hundred dollars for essentials.
1: Right, at least you were focused on the essentials, right? (laughs) So,
3: really, really poor decisions in my early years, man. And you know, it ended up being when I was twenty-one years old, I was twenty-eight thousand dollars in debt and had to file bankruptcy. I had no choice. I was barely able to make my rent in this house I was living in. That my rent was like two hundred bucks a month, and I couldn't even barely afford that. I was just blowing all my money. I was so far in debt. I was basically, you know, borrowing money from Money Tree so that I could pay cash advance and vice versa. And, you know, to watch my my then like Acura Integra get towed away because I couldn't make payments on it, that was a, a sad moment, man, for me. And so, yeah, I mean, it just like was this time in my life where I was totally lost, ended up working for Universal Records in their mailroom for a year. And that opened up a whole new can of worms because I went to concerts, Probably two, three nights a week. And then the year before that, my buddy was the manager of an outdoor venue. So I had this two-year span where I went to like 175 concerts and had an open tab at every single concert I went to. So I drank for free for two years, man. Wow. Lived this rock star lifestyle without being a rock star. And so really was just still lost in my early 20s. And I got laid off my job at Universal on my one year anniversary. This was during the Napster days, if people remember that. And and that again kind of set me into this, this depression, man.
1: And before we talk about that, best concert that you went to during that time, if you can remember any of them.
3: Yeah, dude, it's funny. I do remember a lot of concerts. uh, The best concert I've ever been to was definitely Rage Against the Machine. That was in
1: 1999. I mean, that was like their, I mean, they were huge in 99 too. I mean, that was a big deal.
3: Yeah, and the the roots opened up for them. And I'd never heard of the roots uh. before. And I was like, who is this guy on the drums doing this 20 minute drum solo, you know? And I was like blown away by the roots, man. And then Rage came out and, by far, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. All right. Back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Excuse me.
3: <laughs> uh, I love, I mean, I could talk music all day, but yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun, man. Went to a lot of cool concerts. Uh, you know, Tool is probably another one of my favorite bands. I was and-
1: just going to say my favorite was always Tool. I actually yeah. just bought, t- they're back on tour again. I just bought tickets. So amazing. I'll see them every time I can. They're, they're amazing. So, yep.
3: That was our a go to band whenever we would drop acid. We would go listen to them, you know, right? Like, and then seeing them live when they're on acid was uh, 10 times crazier.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
3: Yeah. So that was, like I said, man, we were, we were pretty lost living that rock for lifestyle for a while.
1: <laughs> All right. So we've, you've, you've graduated from a cold garage to a, a floor to bouncing from house to house to, yeah. Living a rock star life without being a rock star. And I mean, none of this sounds like you're, you know, it it sounds like a dark path you're headed down. And and ultimately, what happens after that? I mean, yeah. What was that moment that that you said, hey, okay, something's wrong here. I gotta fix this.
3: Yeah, it was this moment where I was I was working at Starbucks at night when I got laid off from from Universal. And so being this depressed dude, I'd get off work, go to, you know, get my six pack of beer, go to my ghetto apartment and drink myself to sleep every night. And You know, one night when I was working at Starbucks, this girl had came in and she had come in before. She would drink some tea. She wasn't even, you know, didn't even like coffee. And uh, but she invited me to this church event and said, hey, we've got this cool college age event. Would you be interested in coming down and and hanging out? You know, I didn't have any friends. I was depressed. And, you know, she was good looking. Absolutely. And what do I need to be there? Right. Like that's that was my mindset. And I got down there and it was like, all of a sudden I ran into all these guys that I knew from high school or knew that I, I had a brief stint in college. So I had met some guys there and they, they were there. And this is like on the other side of the state. And so it was very strange. I think in that moment, God was planting a seed. And then about a month later, it was Easter 2004. I went out and partied with my this band I was managing. And I woke up in my buddy's basement. It surrounded, surrounded by probably 15 guys. We'd all just you know partied up and, and passed out on the floor. And I woke up Easter morning, about five o'clock in the morning, I felt God say in that moment, dude, you're heading down this path. That's going to end your life real quick, man. If you don't start making some changes. And so I knew in that moment that I needed to make some changes. I gave my life to Christ and I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment and have, have never turned back since. Wow. And I called that girl up who got, you know, invited me to that church event. I got her voicemail and said, Hey, happy Easter. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And a month later we were dating a year later, we were married and we was married for almost 17 years man.
1: I mean that is just a complete 180. Yeah, complete 180. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys hear the cat in the background? (laughs) I did hear that. (laughs) I mean, it's it's actually not even my cat. It's my neighbor's cat, and sometimes (laughs) if there's a window open or something, she just comes in and hangs out. She's uh, she's pretty cool. So it's just like straight black cat. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so complete 180. Yeah turned your life around. You went on to, I mean, you, you have a full-time job, you're running yep. two podcasts now yep. and you talked to, I mean, the message that, that I that really drew me in was, you know, how do you get punched in the face and, and keep going? And I, and I thought to myself, man, if there's, if there's one industry out there, I mean, I'm, there's a lot, right. But if there's right. one industry that, that needs help of, Hey, those first, five years in the business are a total grind and every day feels like you're getting punched in the face. It has to be financial advisors. These guys, (laughs) you know, they, they, they get into the business because of a passion of something that they, they love doing. It's, it's all about helping people, helping people retire. There's a, there's a sales mentality that, that has to be in it, but it's, it's building these holistic plans. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, by the way, you have to run your entire business, you have to be an entrepreneur, you have to learn how to market, you have to deal with HR and staffing and and constant changes in the industry that tells you what you can and can't do. And, and so many that the percentage is well over 80% of financial advisors within that first five years, they quit, they leave the business, wow. because it's a constant punch in the face, right? Yeah. And you know for for you to have gone through all of that stuff in your life doing a complete 180 now being the the success that you are what do you have to say to these guys that says hey you know what if I can do it you can do it but keep on going yeah
3: i think that the the one thing that i've that i've had in my mindset that has kept me going this whole time is what's that end game like yeah you have this passion but you always have to work for it And we have to realize that we're going to get punched in the face, hopefully not physically, but we're going to get those failures. We're going to get those no's and rejections. And we're going to get these jobs that, you know, they don't last. Or, you know, we're going to think we're going to make this big quarterly goal. And then all of a sudden, you know, the deal, the big deal drops out, right? We have to keep going. And our past and other people's opinions will never define our future. And so if we can make a decision like mentally and then take action that, you know what, I want to improve myself every single day then mentally we can do that, right? But we have to stack those wins early in the morning. For me, when I wake up at 4 a.m., if I open my eyes, there's win number one. I jump out of bed, make the bed. There's two wins in 15 seconds. That helps set that tone for the day if I can mentally acknowledge that I just got two wins in 15 seconds. And so I think whatever industry that you're in, you know, financial advisors, I would never want to be that because you guys are like tough as nails. You go through the grind. I'm not very good with like, money or you know any of that stuff like you know I'm better Wait, now, you're right? not
1: good with money
3: well <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I'm better now like I'm better at saving and, and I don't spend as much anymore right but I'm just like man if you can go through the testing that allows you to get to there and then stay on that grind I man keep going don't let that end game you know fade away keep fighting for that goal and for me you know if if, if I get up and I have that right mindset and even in and any like financial advisor I know several And it's a grind, man, it sucks some days and you're gonna get punched in the face many, many times. But have that end goal in mind to do whatever it takes to keep your business going. Some years are gonna suck, some years are gonna be better, but keep going, keep fighting, find partners and referral partners in your area that you can go and work with uh, that
1: can hopefully lift your business up. This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done for you fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. And how have you seen kind of surrounding yourself by, you know, partners? How has that helped you in your life?
3: Tremendously. I I think you have to surround yourself with the right people. You know, and I say, look, go find people that are living the life that you want to live and then go surround yourself with them. And so what I do is you have to get uncomfortable. So I go and find events in my town that I don't know anybody at. And I literally will just show up and, I don't know anyone. I just want to go in there and just introduce myself and start making connections because you never know who you might run into. You never know who's listening to your show. You never know who is out there and like maybe referred someone to you or referred a podcast for you to, to be on or refer a business person to you. Right. So I think for me, you have to go surround yourself with those right people. I'm big on Ed Milette. Like he talks about, if you're walking around at 85 degrees and go find guys that are walking around 185 degrees because just being in their presence is going to motivate you to be better every single day and, and hopefully increase your business, increase your marriage, increase your personal development and things like that.
1: when it comes to you know business development, personal development, I always think that if you're the smartest guy in the room that you're in the wrong room. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm big on that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, you have to find, you have to find you. It's, Find somebody that inspires you, that does what you wish you would have done, you know, but, but more than that, like setting your ego aside and not that this industry ever attracts people that have big egos or, or myself that I struggle with that, right? That's, that couldn't yep. be a thing. But if you can kind of set that aside and, you know, open yourself up to what can I learn from this person? You know, what, what did they do better than I do? And you can really admit that to yourself. I yeah. think yeah, that's, that's a, always the the path to growth.
3: Absolutely. You know, when I, when I was able to speak with Ed Mylett and have a one-on-one conversation with him, it was life-changing for me. But one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me was he, he talked about this word canny that he talks about. and It's constant and never ending improvement. And I have that on my wall, in my office. And so when I see that, I know when I walk in today is another day that I can always be improving myself. And so um, that's, that's huge, man. I think that if we can have that mindset to to always be improving and never be the smartest guy in the room, man, it can make our lives so much easier and really open up so many
1: doors. I love that. So, so today, flash forward all the way to today, you've been yeah. on just about a, a hundred podcasts, just close to a hundred podcasts this year as a guest, yep. you're, you're running two podcasts. Yes. Yeah. And you have a full-time job.
3: That's correct. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> Where where do you get all that extra time, man? I I, mean, I feel like I'm pretty productive, but I don't know that I have the time for all that.
3: I had to learn how to split my days into several sections. And I mean that by when I get up at 4am six days a week, my first couple hours is personal development. It's editing my shows, it's listening to podcasts, it's you know making connections, emailing, inviting people on my show, things like that. And I do that from 4am to probably 630. And then I go downstairs and I make breakfast for the kids, make their lunch. And then I come upstairs and I start my job at eight. And so that couple hours each morning allows me to to work on that stuff, but not take away family time. And so that's kind of the day one, right? And then day two that I'm squeezing into this 24 hours is the eight to five, right? And then from five to the rest of the night is, you know, family time. And so you have to decide, If you want to make a change in your life or make an impact in the world and you work a full time job, it's not always possible to pursue your dream like you just can't stop paying bills, you have to pay the bills and so for me 4am people are like why do you wake up at that time it's because my desire to be successful is bigger than my desire to
1: sleep period. And I'll never love let that. I love that line. Let's make that a meme. I like <laughs> <Yeah>. that.
3: <laughs> you know, it's just for me, it's I, I've been doing it for so long that 4 a.m. I don't even need to set an alarm. I'm usually I will wake up by 4 30 at the latest without an alarm every day. It and so my body, my mind, as soon as I wake up, boom, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock and roll. Now there's days on the weekends, I want to take a nap on Saturdays and Sundays, man. Like, you know, but during the week, man, I'm grinding. I'm like, dude, I'm getting up, I'm making this happen. I'm looking at my vision board. And like I said, man, th- my desire to be successful is bigger than that desire to sleep, man. I sleep maybe six to six and a half hours a night and I'm good with that.
1: I, I don't get up at 4.30, right? I, my, yeah. my mental clock is 6.30. Um, I'm usually the, you know, sit down at the, the laptop, get rocking and rolling, trying to clean up emails. And then, you know, I'm training in the evening. But man, I, it's just so interesting to hear the mindset that's correlated with success. I think that's something that, that Huge. too many people take for granted. They think it's opportunities. They think it's where you came from. They think it's X, Y, and Z, you know, all these things that are unobtainable unless you have them. And at the end of the day, it's mindset over anything else.
3: Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the, the quotes, and, and I have this vision wall that I review every morning on my in my office here. And, and, you know, one of the quotes that's on there is, if you won't quit while it's tough, imagine the damage you can do when it's easy right? So if I can continue to grind while it's tough, man, I, I can start making a huge impact when it starts, when the doors are really opening. I think success finds those that are too productive to look for it, right? So if I'm grinding Ooh, and I'm looking and, I'm, and yeah. I'm making stuff happen, right? That's stuff that's going to start opening doors. And I don't even have to look for the success. The doors just start coming, right? And, and I think that's for anybody in any in industry. Stay focused on your goal and fight for that goal always. And those doors are just going to come flying open for you.
1: I love every line you just said. Let's just start a t-shirt company and we'll just start <laughs> printing those things out. And that'll be our side hustle, right? That'll be from 5 to 5.30 every day for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> Let I want to hear a cool story about one of your podcasts when you interviewed a, an MMA fighter. I am fascinated by that industry. I feel like I'm you know, far too delicate to get punched in the face, but oh, me too. <laughs> but these guys do this for a living. You know, yeah. is there anything that that just sticks out of someone that you've interviewed, someone you've talked to that, that gets punched for a living, that has just a, a phenomenal mindset or just a, a great story?
3: I think it goes back to Ken Shamrock, man. I've, I've talked to him twice on my show and, and that guy is unbelievable. He, you know, the, where he came from, from growing up and getting stabbed as a kid, right. Then going into like playing football and like hurting his neck and breaking so many bones and being in the early UFC days and then becoming like hall of famer in the wrestling industry. Like that guy's story is unbelievable. Now he's got his own promotion called valor bare knuckle. And, you know, they've got another event coming up probably in early 2022. Uh, But that guy's story and his motivation and his, his like, I guess that internal fire that he has to just keep going and keep changing the game, not only in MMA, but in the business side of things, his mindset, he's, he's like the most gentle warrior that i ever talked to. Like very like quiet, but he's like super uh, intrigued into what you have to say. I've had some great conversations with him off camera and it's just allowed us to really connect. And he's just an amazing dude. And and I would say, man, that guy having him on my show twice, it's such an honor to be able to talk with that guy and hear his stories and hear what he's got going
1: on. And, and, you know, I'm so pumped to see him continue to excel. All right. So, so much value in this last, you know, half hour here. It's absolutely amazing. If you had one final thing, just one, one clear point, that someone can walk away with this episode you know they're they're in the grind they're down in it i mean this industry has a as a just a huge nature of chewing people up you know what would you tell them to hey this is something to focus on this is something to, to start your day with
3: i think one start the day with wins right acknowledge that you're awake so that's a win right so there's win number one and then also quit the distractions everything that's coming your way that's distracted turn off the news. You know, turn off the media, all of that stuff. Stay focused on your goal. How can you get better each day? So if you're if you're following podcasters or what do you need to be reading that's going to help you in your business and connect with the right people? You know, I think if you can continue to do that, fight through those no's, You know that those no's are coming. You know that those re- rejections are coming. Sway them to the left, right? Like get them out of the way, and then keep grinding for your goal, man. Just stay focused and uh, get rid of those distractions, and you'll be very successful.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the show, man. This was absolutely powerful. I loved it. every single second of it.
3: Oh, it's an honor to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Really, you're an awesome host. This is an awesome show. People need to be listening to this right now, man, for sure.
1: Thanks, buddy.
2: All right, guys. There are about a half dozen great inspirational memes in this discussion. So I expect you to just get on those right away, okay? Yeah. I want to see for them sure. out there. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast awesome. host Eric Allen, along with our own host, Brad Swinehart. Follow or subscribe to Be Advised, Leading with Value wherever you source your podcasts and share with friends, colleagues, and family. They will appreciate it.
1: This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads.
0: Thank you for listening to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.